progress. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the NRL show, episode 17. My name's Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, we've got Tasha, we've got Stacey, and guys, let's get straight into it because, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of our final series. Week two had some uh, some epic clashes. Um, Tash, going to start with you. My question is, what, what, what was your key takeaway from week two of the finals? Oh, what a great question, Dan, and, and probably my most favourite question to answer because uh, my number one takeaway from round two of the finals has to be the $20 I won from Stacey Spears <laughs> when she backed the Roosters and I tipped Manly. But on a more serious note, yeah, my, my takeaway is definitely uh, Turbo. I think we spoke about him last week and we said he cannot have two quiet games in a row and he came out smashing. He was angry. He performed outstandingly well and that try over the top of Tedesco only just shows don't put Turbo in the corner no way yeah absolutely no we love to see the uh some successful bets here on Mojo and uh, I think you had that one well covered Tash but uh look for me my key takeaway was um and again I've touched on in previous episodes but the fatigue um playing up there in Queensland just really seeing it in all of the games in the back end of that second half teams are just they stop playing football. There's no sort of creativity, and that's because these teams are gassed. And I just wonder how much of an advantage will the week off be for the Melbourne Storm and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So, you know, typically you do see, um, you know, a little bit of an advantage year on year, but I just think this year we're going to see, um, you know, particularly the Storm and Rabbitohs start really, really fast in their prelim finals. Um, Stace, what about yourself? Uh, key takeaways from week two of the finals? Yeah, look, my key takeaway was that the Eels could have had that. Um, I mean, we've been seeing these high-scoring games all season, but for me, I love a good defensive battle. Um, and, you know, the Eels had such momentum coming up in those last, you know, couple of minutes down the end. With their, and I don't want to bag out anyone from a, an officiating standpoint, but at the same time, you know, there's a couple of instances when the Eels were down their own end that just, uh, you know, stopped the momentum um, and just put them a little bit under. So that was a little bit disappointing, but, man, it was a good game. Hey, Stace, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly, Um, not going into some of the decisions, but generally speaking, I think Parramatta were the better team on the night and it was just uh, unfortunate that they went down by two points. But, yeah, totally agree with you. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight. And as always, we're going to jump into the huddle. And for our huddle, each week we pick a particular team to focus in on. And, well, this week we've got a foundation club. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. Wanna be king in your story. I wanna know. Yeah, and this week we're going to be focusing in on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and you know, look, this is you know this has been quite a turnaround for this franchise because those that have supported rugby league for for a long period of time, you know, this club went through a lot of hardship uh, for a number of years. Were actually kicked out of the competition and returned, and you know that they they sort of suffered for a long period of time. But they've gone through 
you know, quite a significant and lengthy rebuild. And, and now, you know, they're one of the powerhouses, they're one of the powerhouse clubs of the competition. Tash, going to start with you. You know, Wayne Bennett, he's certainly been able to, you know, uh, produce uh, some outstanding results for this club. Dan, we talked about a few weeks ago who's the best, you know, coach. And um, Wayne Bennett was was my choice as all-round coach. And he, he um, I think it was Paulie Kent who talked about he has three main criteria of being a coach. Um, first of all, he's got to have his players fit. He's got to have his players able to defend. But most importantly, he's got to have his players want to play for each other, not with each other, but for each other. And the way he turned around and the line speed in defence that he's now producing from South is absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, I'm really loving Wayne Bennett. Yeah, and and Stace, you know, typically, you know, the clubs that perform quite well and, you know, South Sydney have certainly done that. They've they've got a remarkable record in recent seasons. But, you know, a lot of the times you you get a bit of a sense that there, you know, things things are great behind the scenes, but... You know, there's just something a little bit different about, you know, to Tasha's point, there's just something a little bit different about South Sydney. They just look like such a tight group. You know, they, they, they just seem like a team that, that really fight for each other and, you know, it, it certainly makes a difference out there on the field. Definitely. And I think at the same time, like, Bennett plays chess so well. I mean, he's the master of it. And when you're looking at a game plan and you're looking at scheming different things, like, there's no one better um, you know, and he's just got the record to show for it. And you've you've seen over the last couple of games him going mentally head to head with coaches and just coming out on top. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how South Sydney go with a new head coach next year. Yeah, and Tash, I, I guess you know if, if we look at their season this year, you know, an, another successful performance. But you know, when you talk about great coaches, I, I think for me, what stands out about them is. You know, when something doesn't go their way, when there's a little bit of adversity, they just seem to be able to pivot and adjust and be able to make things work. The loss of Latrell Mitchell this season, I mean, you know, for, for any other coach in this season, that, that's basically that, that's basically all she wrote. But somehow Wayne's been able to sort of pull this group together. Another example of uh, another great coaching performance. Yeah, it, like Wayne is like the player whisperer, if, if I can use that term. He knows how to get the best out of his players. And uh, a bloke like Blake Tafe would have been quite, you know, um, nervous trying to fill in somebody like Latrell's uh, boots. But, hey, look, you know, he may have uh, dropped an early bomb way back early in, in the game, but then he came through with the confidence. And you don't play with that confidence unless the coach has instilled in you that confidence. And that's what Wayne does so well. Yeah, Stacey, if we, if we look into the, the team itself, I, I think there has been a bit of a shift in the way in which they've played because, you know, typically in past seasons, it's kind of been, you know, Damian Cook all broke, you know, they, they've been very, very much, you know, focused in and around the ruck, fast play the balls, um, you know, but, but this season's been a little bit different and, and you know, having Latrell came, uh, come in, it's given them a bit of an extra dimension, but, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on the Rabbitohs, um, you know, playing style because, you know, it just appears this is a team that can put, you know, 40 points on a team when they're in the mood. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's got a lot to do with their defence. I mean, we saw it, uh, you know, last week. They were just hectic in defence. And and I've said it before and I haven't said it a while, especially on this show, defence wins championships. So I think it's, it's well credit to Bennett to be able to rally enough of their players to be able to play for each other, exactly like Taj said. But, you know, in defence is really where they've stood up for me. 
Yeah, look, I have to agree with you, Stace, but my concern with them playing against um, Manly is Manly know how to pack on the points. So, yes, defence is so important, but they're going to need more than just the 16 points that they scored recently against Manly this week. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely going to have to find it from somewhere. And, um, you know, obviously the loss of Luttrell, uh, it makes things particularly challenging. But, you know, let, let's fast forward now and, and have a bit of a look at sort of the club, uh, you know, more holistically and look look at them sort of for next next season because, you know, uh, as we've spoken about earlier, there's, there's going to be a few changes. So obviously with Wayne Bennett, um, you know, stepping aside and obviously with the loss of Adam Reynolds, there's going to be some changes here. A quick question for you guys. Who's your captain for next season with Adam Reynolds moving on? Tash, start with you. I can't go past Damien Cook. I mean, the guy is an electric player. He plays at dummy half, so he's in the thick of things. He's got organisational skills. He's got great communication. He's very well respected amongst the player group and the larger rugby league community. So he's a natural leader and, yeah, he'd be my captain for 2022. Stace? Yeah, I'm going to go with Cody Walker. I mean, he was the first player in history of rugby league to record, you know, 50 line break assists. Um, And that to me speaks to his ability to be able to feed the ball uh, to the rest of his team and sort of give the rest of his team a chance to shine. So he'd be a great, great pick for captain. Yeah, no, I think they're great options. And there's another name I'll throw out there, and that's Cam Murray. I think he... um, I, you know, as he was coming into the squad, I, I think everyone sort of highlighted his skills and his ability. But I also think there's, um, you know, there's there's quite a successful leader there um, in Cam. And um, no, I, I think there are, there are a few good options there. So I think in the leadership stakes, I think South Sydney are well equipped for next season. All right, guys, well, let's have a bit of a look at their halves for next year because therein lies a bit of a puzzle as well. Um, you know, I, I guess we are assuming that, you know, Benji you know, could potentially move on. Um, And, you know, obviously with Adam Reynolds moving on, there's going to be a few different options here. So uh, the the side hasn't signed that many players, and we'll talk a little bit about the salary cap situation shortly, but Anthony Milford will be joining the club. We've seen some amazing things from young Blake Taff uh, this season. Um, We've got a rising star in in Lachlan Ilias coming through the system. Um, Guys, I'm going to throw it out to you. Who is going to be in the halves, and what does this team kind of look like next year? Tash, um, yeah, going to throw your selector hat on. What, what's your thoughts for 2022? Look, Blake Tafe came in brilliantly uh, performing um, as a fullback, but he is a halfback. And so I would have him as the halfback and I'd keep Cody Walker as the number six. I just think that combination will work well. And you mentioned um, Lachlan Ilias. Now, we know that Blake and Lachlan have this brilliant um, relationship. Uh, They took out the 2019 Jersey Flag Premiership. And in that game, we saw from um, Elias this incredible spiral floating kick. Um, And it just so happens that Blake Tafe actually scored off that kick from um, from his half partner. So... I don't think they've got any problem filling those halves position. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think therein lies sort of the answer to, as to why they were letting Adam go is that, you know, they, they are pretty confident in some of the juniors they have going coming through. Yeah, look, for me, I, I'd do something similar. I, I'd sort of move Anthony Milford into Benji's role, uh, 14 coming in off the bench. And then, look, in terms of the halves, it's hard to say. I, I'd probably, I, I'd definitely keep Cody in, in his sixth role. Um, and then for me, in terms of halfback, I'd probably give it to Blake. Um, and, you know, for Lachlan, the, the only thing that concerns me 
um, a little bit about him is just the lack of football for, for a lot of these players outside the 17 at the moment. So I think he will play first grade. Uh, that, that, that's definitely in his future. Uh, but just like to see a little bit more football um, out of him. And the other thing too is it's great to have depth. I mean, name me the last team that went through an entire season with 17 players. It just does not happen. So having a little bit of depth there um, in those positions I think is really, really important. Um, Stace, what about yourself? How do we fit all these players um, into this side next year and what do, what do your halves look like for 2022? Yeah, look, I think considering that we don't exactly know where Benji's going to end up, I think next year, I mean, could he be the Tom Brady of the NRL? Could he play to 45? I mean, it's entirely possible. He looks pretty good at the moment. Um, but Anthony Milford, uh, you know, he's he's had a rough trot. But when he comes in, like, he's played some really good footy the last couple of times that he's been on the field. So I think it's going to be a really good opportunity to have him in the halves. Yeah, look, I agree. And we talk about the spine and how important the spine is. And we've just discussed how they've got some great halves coming through and that there shouldn't be any doubt there. But another player that caught my attention is Peter Mazelis, and he's a great number nine. Now, heaven forbid that our future captain, because I think they are going to make Cook captain in 2022, but heaven forbid that if he does get a little bit injured, you've got that depth in having uh, Peter Mamazelis coming through. So I think the future of the spine at South Sydney is looking strong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think depth is such a great thing. You know, a lot of fans stress out about it. You know, as soon as there's a really good player stuck in reserve grade, it's like, you know, we've got to play him and there's so much anxiety about how we're going to fit all these players in. But it's such a great thing because... This is exactly the, the the challenge and the problems that you want to give to your coach. You know, you want great players playing really well, trying to force their way um, into the side. Stace, going to go to you now um, on one Latrell Mitchell because obviously, you know, we, we've spoken enough about the incident, very disappointing and all of that. But let's now fast forward to 2022 because, look, I, I'm just predicting, I, I think Latrell Mitchell is going to be in for some season next year because he's going to want to, you know, I, I guess repay some of his teammates, but just generally in terms of the trajectory that he's on in terms of his career, Latrell's in for a big season next year. Yeah, definitely. And and he's going to be mad. Like I, I pity anyone that has to come up against him next year because he's just going to steamroll people. I mean, assuming that he can keep his discipline in check um, and hopefully he fixes up a little bit of his game that, you know, we've always known is, is Latrell's issues, but man, he's going to be back with a vengeance. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tasha, let's get to the accounting side of things because, um, you know, the salary cap, it's an interesting one. And typically, you know, it, it, it does sort of sneak up on you. And I, and I think it definitely has impacted the South Sydney Rabbitohs here. So next year, again, uh, no signings besides Anthony Milford, and they would have got him at a quite a cheap rate. And then we're, you know, they've lost Dane Gagai. They weren't able to match his offer with the Newcastle Knights. Jaden Sewer um, is leaving the club as well. And obviously Adam Reynolds is leaving on big money, you know, the the salary cap, it's definitely working. But, you know, as we spoke about off air, you know, this now just really challenges teams in terms of their depth, their juniors, their pathways, how much time and investment are they putting into this? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the salary cap, it's, it's unavoidable for clubs. Yeah, it is. And it's making them um, develop them from grassroots level up. And um, South are one of the foundation clubs that are recognising that. And we're seeing that come to fruition with the players we've just been speaking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stace, talk to us now a little bit about the 2022 coach, Jason Demetrio. So obviously, you know, his playing career, you know, it's well documented, you know, over 260 games um, in the UK. And you know, he, he's got that traditional apprenticeship. You know, he, he sort of comes through as an assistant coach with various 
um, NRL teams from dating back to 2013 in the Queensland Cup, and then he moved through the Dragons Cowboys systems as well. But you know, he, he's sort of been working very, very closely with Wayne for quite a number of years now. You know, what's your thoughts on on him sort of taking over the role next year, and what's your expectations for the team? I think he's he's going to have a bit of a tough time. I think initially, just just having to manage all the different players and the different movements, especially losing Reynolds um, and uh, picking up a couple of new players. But I think it's really a situation where the apprentice is going to become the master. And I think what we've spoken about Wayne Bennett is, you know, again, what I love about him is that uh, that mental strategic gameplay that he's going to be able to he's passed down for so long that you know he's got that Jason's going to be able to keep um, and have an advantage over a lot of other coaches. Yeah, again, I agree. And I think that a a problem with a lot of the coaches that are coming through, they don't come through coaching a state competition. They don't get that experience as head coach. They often go from playing and then they grab an assistant coaching position where they bury their head into, you know, game replays, stats and tactics and all that sort of stuff. And exactly like Stacey said, they miss that mentoring, that player, getting the best out of the player bit. But um, Jason certainly will have, you know, witnessed that firsthand under Wayne Bennett. And so I think he'll be quite successful. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we miss out on too is the Trent. Robinson effect you know I think in rugby league we're 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 so focused on the current batch of NRL coaches that it's always just like a uh it's a bit of a merry-go-round of coaches it's like okay well you know the um you know this coach here you know if Michael Maguire you know if things don't work out we're like well where's he going to next it's you know sort of that development of coaches that's something that I'm really passionate about because you know there are there is the next Trent Robinsons out there. You know, and 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 who's to say that Jason is in that category? Because he certainly has done his apprenticeship. And I think we'll be really looking forward to see his style. Um, Stacey, can we jump now into your prediction for the team for next year? So again, you know, losing Adam Reynolds, it, it's a big one. He's in career best form. There's a lot of depth around there. There's a lot of options. New coach. What, what's your predictions for the Bunnies next year? I think we could potentially see a similar style to how they've run this year because I don't think Jason's going to want to change too much in the way that's been successful for so long. But I think it really comes down to where they put Cody Walker next year. You know, whether they keep him at the six or they move him at the seven because we've seen him at the seven before and I feel like he didn't cope too well with the amount of pressure that comes with that role. He's just such a natural game player that I think having him – Staying in the six, having Latrell coming back, having Cam Murray just being Cam Murray and doing awesome things. Um, I think they could have a you know a fairly solid run, but it might be shaky to start off with. But you know, again, you look at those situations where you look at Manly, who started out horrendously this year and ended up finishing so strong. So it could, it's going to start slow, but I think it's going to be as strong as it was this year. Yeah, look, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to not shy away from uh, you know some of these changes influencing what what I think is a, is a is still a very talented roster. So off the back of Latrell Mitchell, I'm still saying this is a top three side, but I've I've got to be honest, I am a little bit nervous because I think it could go one or two ways. Definitely hold on, be one of those top clubs, absolutely. But you know, I, I you know losing a halfback like Adam, it, it is huge, and not to mention his goal kicking. I mean, this guy. These guys are walking two points on the top of every time they score, obviously. So, yeah, big loss there. Tash, what's your thoughts? What's your predictions for the team? 
Yeah, well, whenever you get, uh, you know, a coaching change, and, and we all know that Wayne is leaving, take away, as we said, um, Adam Reynolds, who does add those two points so constantly. Um, even saying all of that, I definitely cannot see them not finishing up in the in the top four. They've just got too much going on there. They've got too much people coming through to fill the positions. And Latrell Mitchell, I think he's going to be worth a, a mozza amount of points, you know, week after week. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into our next segment now, the match. And as always in the match, we we, 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 have, we pick out a couple of players to go head-to-head. Uh, and tonight we've picked out two of the best centers in the game. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we've got two very special, very talented um, centers in Justin Ollum from the Melbourne Storm, coming up against Stephen Crichton from the Penrith Panthers. Tash, going to start with you. Let, let's focus in on Justin Ollum to start with because. You know, he, he's a guy who's, he's, you know, obviously Craig Bellamy has done it again. You know, he's picked up Justin in his system. Um, you know, he's brought him through slowly. But, you know, over the last couple of years, he's made some impact on that football team. Yeah, I agree. Like, I've got Olam as the form centre of the comp all year. He's a powerhouse in attack and defence. Um, we've seen him pull off those bone-rattling uh, hits every week throughout the year. And I tell you what, if you were marking up against him, you'd always be keeping an eye out for him. Yeah, Stacey, he, he's, a, he's a very unique player. I mean, he is just made of absolute steel. Um, and, you know, he's a bit of a throwback. Like, he reminds you of, you know, sort of Steve Maddai, you know, the way that he jams in and just, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, yeah. You know, you, you could just imagine some of the thoughts that's going through the minds of these players where they get blindsided by Justin Ollum. They, they must be feeling their rib cage for the next month. Yeah, I was going to say, you, need, you know, you'd feel that at least for a week afterwards. But, you know, he's he's quite small. He's only 5'8". So I think he might have a, uh, a bit of small man syndrome with the way he plays. He plays so big, like he's six foot six. Um, but for me, it's a little bit, you know, he's had 50 missed tackles this year and that's sort of my big talking point for him. Um, you know, and it's exactly like you said, you know, he rushes in and, uh, you know, that he opens himself up to getting stepped and he has done a couple of times this year, but man, he's terrifying. Like, you know, Aaron's angry with the ball, tackles hard and he's always, you know, pretty clutch, you know, when it comes to the big moments on the line, which I really like about him. Yeah. And, and Tasha, that, that's probably something that I wanted to touch on is where, where can Justin get to uh, in, in terms of his uh, in terms of his play? Because you know he, he's a very intelligent um, you know, player, uh, person. You know he obviously you know he went to um, you know university in PNG. He's got a degree in applied physics, so he's a very intelligent guy. Um, and, and we have seen that development in his game. But he's very much a, a, a steamroller player where he'll just grab the ball and run over the top of you. You know, do, you know, what's your predictions for him over the next few years? Do you feel like you'll add a little bit more creativity? to his game or, or do you think this is kind of what Justin's going to be as a player moving forward? Well, I think he's going to be, um, he's going to stay a centre um, for the next foreseeable future anyway and a, a, like one of the best centres as I've said and if he, um, like Stacey said, he is only 5'8", so normally I would say, oh, maybe he'd move into the middle pack but no, I, I just see him specialising in that centre position and creating havoc and creating gaps for his key players. And Stacey, you know, what, what do you do about the contract situation? So, 
you know, Justin comes off contract at the end of last year. And, and one of the things that we see with Melbourne Storm outside backs, and I don't know, it must drive Greg Bellamy crazy, is he develops all these outside backs. They become superstars. They become representative players. And then they leave, and, and, and no judgment to them because, you know, you get you get these big offers from other clubs. You know, what's your thoughts and what would your advice be to Justin? Would you would you stay for less money um, and stay in the Melbourne Storm system or would you, you know, take the big money offer that I'm sure is just around the corner for him? I mean, it's kind of one of those, you know, 50-50 type situations. I mean, the culture that they've got at the Storm is so great. He's doing so well. You know, they're on a premiership run again. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, Craig Bellamy has such a good system that the, he develops them to the best of their ability that they come to a point where they go, well, what's left for me here? And, and it has to be the money because if everything else is going well, then it's the money that's on top. So, I mean, my advice for him is just keep being a beast, doing what you're doing. But if you're happy, stay where you are because, man, you're pretty good at it. Yeah, no, I like that. And unless the offer comes from the Newcastle Knights, obviously, in which case, Justin, yeah, definitely – Definitely make the move there. But no, that's sound advice there, Stace. All right, guys, well, let's have a look at his competitor tonight because, you know, Stephen Crichton from the Penrith Panthers, he's come through in this, uh, you know, new generation of younger players who, who's come through from Penrith and they've just completely changed the landscape of that club. You know, this guy, he is an absolute superstar. He is the type of player that you would build on a video game. He's six foot three. He's 99 kilos, um, scores a ton of tries, very, very talented. Tasha, Going to start with you, um, you know, a little bit of an interesting year for Stephen because he has had to sort of move around uh, because of injuries. Well, what's your thoughts on his season this year? Oh, look, he's a great player. Um, and you talk about him moving around. I just don't understand why why he's always named on the wing when clearly his better position is in the centres. Um, he is fantastic at scoring the tries. He's, you know, nine tries, eight try assists, which is always you know, really important. But my concern there is his missed tackle count. Um, I think that needs to be fixed up, um, and that's definitely an area where he he needs to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stace, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I just got to be honest about my thoughts with Stephen because when I was sort of looking, looking at him at the, at the start of the year, when I see an outstanding athletic talent like Stephen in the centre position, you always wonder, you always think to yourself, you know, could they make the move to fullback and could they take their, their game to the next level? But, you know, and, and especially I, I think a lot of people underrate Dylan Edwards there in the Penrith Panthers. So for me, I'm thinking, hey, you know, give Stephen a crack at this fullback jersey and, and who knows what you've got there. But, you know, he, he didn't exactly set the world a world on fire. So I guess my question to you is, yeah, what was your thoughts on sort of, you know, the, the opportunities that he did get at fullback? Um, and, and what do you think is his long-term position? Do you think it's centre? Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, Taj and I, we spoke about this earlier and it was a, we discussed the mindset between going from that centre position to being that full-back role. And um, potentially it was a little bit too big for him. Um, you know, he's only young, he's only 20, and I think that his ceiling is much higher at centre. So I'd be keeping him there um, for as long as he's, you know, willing to stay there. Let him do his thing because I just don't think he's ready to move anywhere yet. He's still got areas that he need, he can improve in in the centres. Um, but, yeah, he's just got a higher, higher ceiling in that position. So keep him there. Yeah, and, and Tasha, if we look, you know, I, I guess you know, quite far into the future because, you know, Stephen, he, he's contracted until the end of 2023. It's going to be really, really hard to, to sort of convince these juniors to move elsewhere. But, you know, if, if he stays in that centre role, what is going to happen, what we know is a, is a club's going to, come knocking over the next few years and offer a huge amount for him to play fullback. 
I, I guess the, the same question as what we spoke about with Justin. What would your advice be for for Stephen? Would you be staying at a club like Penrith in the centre position, or would you, you know, would you consider the bigger money and, and sort of try and make that move to fullback? You know, you know, later in your career. Well, you see it happen time and time again. They they go for the big money. I mean, the the your potential to to earn money in this game. It, you know, it's a short window. It's not like you and I have an office job and and we secure money coming in. So I don't blame the players at all for for going and chasing the bigger bucks, particularly towards the end of end of their career. But for now, he's only young. I think he needs to stay where he's at and um, I don't think anybody would be knocking on the door for him to play fullback anytime real soon. He's got some some areas of his game that he really needs to fix up, particularly like we mentioned with the missed tackles. He just can't have that at fullback. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, what I like about him is he's, he's so fancy and he's just got that flair about him. But what I even like about him more is that he brings that right edge back to be more defensively sound when he's on his game. For the Panthers, so you know I'm I'm happy with him staying there. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be one to watch. And, and I, I guess my last comment on Stephen is, you have to have a, a player in your team that that has a bit of X factor. You know, that's a game breaker because you know these NRL defenses are just you know they're they're, they're elite. You know, and and they can they can defend block shape. You know, hopefully we're we're sort of ironing that out of the out of our game. You know, most people can defend the traditional block shape, but. You have to just be able to sort of, um, you know, create something on the fly. And I think that that's the special source that Stephen has. Um, and I think that's what makes him most valuable. All right, guys. Well, in the match, as always, we cannot sit on the fence. We've got to make our choice. And it is a difficult one this week, as always. Um, Tash, going to stay with you. I'm going to start with you. Um, who are you choosing in this one, Justin Olam or Stephen Crichton? Definitely going with Justin Olam. I think he's, um, I've said before, he, he is the informed centre in the game. He produces it week in, week out. He just bone-crushing um, tackles and some great runs, and I think he really rattles whoever's got to mark him. Yeah, look, for me, it, it's really difficult because if I've got to pick a player right now, I have to pick Justin Olam. I, I just think that he's just... He's probably a little bit further on uh, and he can just do a couple of additional things. But, you know, in terms of Stephen Crichton's ceiling, you know, it, it, it's at a different level. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Justin Olam just for right now uh, because there's just something special about when you're in warm-up and you look across to your opposition and there's just a couple of players that you really don't want to run into. I, I love I love that. And that's that's Justin Olam. He, he sends fear into the opposition and you've got to love that as Craig Bellamy. Stace, what about yourself? Really difficult one this week. Yeah, definitely. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play the long game here, and I'm gonna go with Crichton. Like I said, his ceiling is just massive, and he's just so young. He's got like he's, we've talked about that X factor. So, um, you know, I'm gonna go with Crichton on this one. All right, guys, and let's jump into our final segment of the night: rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we've got an interesting question. Who is our player to watch coming into week three of the finals? Tash, going to start with you. Yeah, look, with hate to sound repetitive, but Justin Olam is just my player to watch. For all the reasons that we said, but even so, he's such a destructive runner. Like if he's the lead runner, good luck trying to stop him one on one. Then if you even even if you get a few players on him, he's still got that cheeky offload. And if he becomes the decoy runner, 
then he creates so much attention that that's where you get your Ryan Pappenhausen. You know, the, the gaps are created for him. So, yeah, he's my player to watch, Justin Olam. Yeah, no, he, he definitely brings something different to the Storm. And the other thing too is he's easy metres. Like, you know, when, when Storm are under a little bit of pressure, you know, the forwards are a little bit tired, you know, the the, the, the production that they get out of, their, out of their outside backs and especially Justin coming out of um, – Coming out of his own end, it's uh, yeah, he's a he's a special player. And then obviously we've spoken about his defensive prowess. Uh, look for me, uh, Appy Coruscant coming into week three into the prelims. I think you know if if we look back at at, at his season and and we've spoken about this about a few players. I think he peaked much earlier on in the season uh, in terms of his own form. So much so that you know people were genuinely talking about him taking Damian Cook's number nine state of origin jersey. And I think. If you assess them right now, I, I just don't think that Appy's been quite at that elite level. So, you know, these things can turn around and and, we, and you kind of need them to, right? Like if the Penrith Panthers are going to win the premiership or if they're going to get past this week and they're going to win a preliminary final, I think Appy Coruscant has got to be at his absolute best. They have to win the middle. Um, and I think Appy needs to be a little bit more creative out of dummy half and take a little bit of pressure off Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, who we have spoke about in previous episodes, but... Jerome's trying. I think Appy needs to take that next step. Stacey, what about yourself? You know, this is going to be, there's going to be a lot of pressure coming into these prelim finals. This is do or die. This is your ticket into the grand final. Who is your player to watch? With all of that on the line, I don't think he can go past Kieran for him. I mean, the guy hasn't played finals footy since 2014 and that was with Manly, right? So I think, you know, he looks to improve with age, but I think what his main focus is at the moment he's got a healthy mind which has given them his healthy body and having that veteran experience um, on the field to lead some of these younger players like you know you Josh Schuster's and Lockie Croker's and stuff who haven't played finals footy before um, he's really going to stand out and keep that calm head and steady the ship to the premiership all right guys well that's all the time we have tonight I just wanted to thank my amazing panel as always always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please download, download, download. That really helps support the network. And find us on social media. Uh, We're available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.